Today's podcast, we get to go on a trip, sort of. I got to talk to one of our Passion for Progress students, Bridget Hocutt, who teaches eighth grade. And at the time of our recording, her and her family had decided, since they were all working remotely, to take a little road trip, which was super exciting that I was able to talk to her as they were traveling. But we do get to hear a little bit of her trip in the background, which is just super fun. And if that's not 2020, I don't know what is. But Bridget took our course and just really saw the benefit of student choice, building relationships, how all of it interconnects. And she's really inspirational to listen to. And I think you will get a lot out of the lessons that she's going to teach you today. Welcome Welcome to the Student-Centered World Podcast, where we talk about all things hands-on teaching and keeping your energy and sanity in the classroom. This teacher-turned-consultant is making it her mission to help as many teachers as possible become the best version of themselves and keep their passion for teaching on fire. It's her hope that we never forget why we desire to have a passion for educational progress. This is Student-Centered World, and this is Jen Bry Soccer. But just kind of starting out in the whole thing, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, what you teach, all that fun, fun stuff. Okay. I am Bridget Hocutt, and I teach eighth grade language arts in... Um, well, the other side of the uh, country from you, <laughs> in, in a rural, um, a more rural school district, um, where uh, there's about 300 students in our, in our student, in our school, we're six through eight. Okay. So, and I get to see all of the eighth graders. Okay. Well, that's got to be fun, though. You get to know all of them. Yeah, although it's provided a unique challenge starting the year off completely online because I really don't know most of the kids. So, you know, building that relationship has been a little bit strange Fair. trying to figure out how to do that um, because they don't know me and I don't know them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very, very fair for sure. Um, <laughs> How, how has it been going, you know, with, so obviously you're teaching all virtual, um, has it been a challenge getting the kids to participate? Has it been like, okay, you know, everybody's story is the same yet different. So <laughs> what, yeah. what has it been for you? Well, I think that I feel like I have uh, maybe had some advantages over a few of my colleagues in that um, partway through the summer, for whatever reason, I just had this gut feeling that this is how it was going to go. And so I started probably the end of June, really just planning for what am I going to do when this is completely online. I know what to do when my kids come back to the classroom, even if I only see them a few days a week. But I don't know how to do this whole online thing. Right. I never learned that way. I've never taught that way. I, like, I just have zero experience. And so I feel like because I spent a lot more of my summer planning for that, that there are actually some things that I did uh, to set myself up for success. It doesn't mean that it's all going lovely or grand or anything like that. Right. Um, because that just isn't our reality right now. Um, I opted to do individual Zoom sessions with my kids instead of whole group learning mm -hmm. um, because they felt like I could more meet their individual needs. And I think that that's been going relatively well. I have some students that still don't come to those, um, but it's going to be that way 
whether it's big groups or whether it's individual. And I think that I have, based on some conversations with them, some colleagues, I think I have more kids that are coming to the individual sessions um, than we're doing so in the spring in the big group. So I'm encouraged by that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a little bit of pressure on them. I want to say that you're waiting for them. You're not waiting for everybody else. It's just them, which has probably been helpful. I, I think it has been. It's still interesting how many of them won't turn their camera on, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's a choice that they make, but it's interesting to me when it's just the two of us and you can right. say anything. Um, but I get that too, that, you know, some of them, you never know what their situation at home is and just right. to really respect that piece for them. So I also feel like I'm really with those individual Zooms, I'm really being able to meet the individual needs of my kids. It's really interesting. Um, some of them have, some of them, you know, it's common among students, but then there are others that in the conversation we're having and you know they've been struggling because their work hasn't come in or it's only partially complete. And then in this 10 minute conversation you're having, all of a sudden the light bulb goes on because they've said something that might not even always be related to the issue they're having with work, but you make the connections and then you're able to ask the right question and the student goes, oh yeah, aha, uh -huh. I actually had one of those today. <laughs> right, I mean, and that's huge. And I really think that that is a benefit of the online learning. You know, you can't have, I mean, you can set it up so you have individual conversations with each student in the classroom, but they're always worried about who can hear me, who's around, who's gonna see me, you know, as individualized as you can make it, you know, closed door in the classroom, there's still always that fear. But when it's online, it's, it's you know, fair game almost to let your guard down a little bit and have those conversations that make everything make a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, it was, today it was interesting. So my kids are keeping digital notebooks and I went in, clearly making some assumptions about the tech skills that my students has, mm -hmm. as, you know, how does eighth graders and today in a conversation, because a lot of my kids have really been struggling because I've asked them to, you know, like paste some additional things into their digital notebook and different things like that. And I showed them how to do it. Like one assignment was only that. And then, and they all did it. And so then, you know, you assume, okay, they've got it and you move forward. And then today in a conversation with a student who is significantly behind, something came up about the notebook and her words were, I'm just really having trouble with that. Well, what do you mean you're having trouble with that? And so then we could really get to the bottom of, she's just really struggling to paste things into her notebook the whole time. And it's not organized like mine that shows up on my video lesson is, and she can't find what she's looking for. And it was like, oh, can fix that for you. How about if I just put the notebook together and I paste all of the materials in that you need for these first two units and I'll just send it to you. And she was like, you'd really do that? Sure. And I actually did that for four students today, but it was something that until I had this conversation with the student, I didn't really understand what it was she was struggling with. Right. And I think that's that's common as a teacher, you make, you do, you make assumptions that if they're at a certain point, either in their educational career or life, or even just your class, they should understand something. And then there's either the kids just don't want to ask questions or they're embarrassed on some level that maybe they did miss what it was. And it's such an expectation of yours now that they're afraid to ask for fear that they're going to be 
yelled at or ridiculed or whatever. And then on the flip side of that, it probably took you a couple of minutes to put that together for her to, you know, fill it all out. Yet how many other teachers would take that time to do that just to make the whole process easier for everyone? Because, you know, there's this terrible idea that it's on the kids. They're supposed to do it when, you know, why not make it better for everybody? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yep. It was like, oh, and in hindsight, perhaps I should have done this for everybody. But, you know, I mean, I think that's true in the classroom, too. I mean, we make decisions in the classroom and get the work back from the kids and go, yeah, that didn't go like I expected it to. And I think there's just the added piece of being online where sometimes the lag time for that, that aha to happen um, is a little more significant now. Right. Uh, I also appreciate that I'm being able to say, and maybe more than ever before in my teaching career, I'm being able to say to kids, I need, I need this communication with you. Hey, I need you to reach out because I'm learning too. And so it's like, it's kind of changed how some of my students are approaching this as well, because they're recognizing that there are parts that I'm new to in all of this as well. And so it's kind of like we're on this adventure together. And I actually had one today that as as we were having a conversation, um, he said something about a piece of technology and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And so then he could share his screen on zoom and he walked me through it and it was like, okay, that's really cool. And, you know, so I think those that, you know, that just is so empowering for the kids when they feel like they're teaching you something just like you're teaching them something. So. Yeah. Just adding that element. I, you know, I've been talking to everybody about it's a terrible time and it's so hard on so many levels, but so much good is coming out of it. People are being forced to talk to each other more, you know, and that might just be at the dinner table with your own family because you have to be together. Or it could be that, you know, you're talking to your students in ways that you not necessarily didn't want to before, but didn't have the opportunity to, you know, didn't have the availability to, and now you have to do it that way. We have a couple new teachers in our building right now that I can only imagine it's their second year of teaching and how complicated this has been because they never even finished a first full year of teaching in the regular classroom with kids. Instead, they did, (laughs) they started it, and then our whole last quarter was all we shut school down and we tried to do online with very little compared to what we have now. So. Yeah. I mean, in a way, some of the, the teachers that you would think would struggle with this, the ones that are not as experienced are doing a little bit easier with it because they don't know any better. So just like a first year teacher would be rolling with it. They're just rolling with it, trying to trying to figure it out and then it's the teachers that have been around the block a few times that have their methods down that say they know how to do this are the ones that are struggling because they're not willing to open up their brain to hey there's another way you can go about this and I don't really have a choice because I can't teach in a traditional manner online or hybrid or with some kids in front of me and some kids through the internet like you just can't right I also think our newer teachers have a lot more experience with technology, and so I think there are some things that just are maybe a little more intuitive for them that aren't for those of us that, I count myself pretty fortunate. I, The school district where I went when I was a kid, 
they were kind of on the cutting edge of technology and mm -hmm. I happened to be able to TA for the teacher that was the lead in that. Okay. And so there were a lot of things that he, you know, we would get some new program and he would say, sit down and figure out how to learn or figure out how to use this so that I, you know, you can teach so-and-so and I'm not necessarily afraid of technology. Like I feel pretty comfortable around it. Like, cause he would always say, what's the worst you're going to, you can do break the internet. It's not going to happen. Right. And so, you know, I mean, he was just kind of like, go for it. And so I feel like that, that's an advantage for me, but I know that not everyone that's in my spot in their career feels that same way. Right. Um, but I do think our newer teachers, that is a bit of an advantage that a lot of them have, that they, they have worked more with technology. It's, it's been a little bit more of their, you know, probably high school and college life than it ever was. Yeah, no, definitely. At my point. Um, and that's where, you know, we've mentioned that disparities amongst the kids have really been brought to the forefront, but disparities amongst teachers have been as well. If you have never been, I don't want to say forced, but if you have never been required in some form to take on some new technology or never had somebody make sure that it wasn't just a fleeting professional development where you smiled and nodded and then went right, right. back to what you were doing before, now the expectation is you need to figure it out because there is no other option. Yep. Well, and some of it is the oh man, we were going to go back as a hybrid and now all of a sudden we can't do that. And oh, whoops, now you need to know this. And so you get the, you know, 90 minutes of PD on whatever technology tool like Google Classroom or whatever that you're going to use in this moment. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so 90 minutes is enough and now I'm going to figure out how to use it. And, you know, right. that's a lot of, it causes a lot of anxiety for teachers and people. But then the other side of it that I've discovered is, you know, we, we were like, okay, so Google Classroom's pretty intuitive because that's what we're, that's the platform we're using. And it's pretty intuitive for kids and they'll figure it out. And then we're like, uh, yeah, they don't intuitively know how to use it. And, you know, we're now on this side and I, I've said to a couple of my teacher friends that have all agreed with me, perhaps we all should have taken the first two weeks and all of our lessons should have been on how to navigate Google Classroom right. and all of the pieces of that step by step. Um, because I'm finding I'm having to do a lot of that sort of teaching to even right. get them to get to the content lessons, which is okay. Like I, I can be flexible with that. We can do that. And, you know, but it's just, I, I think it's, again, it's back to that. And I think we said it earlier, the, that word assumptions. Mm -hmm. We make assumptions about our kids. We make assumptions about our colleagues. We make assumptions about all of these things. And some of that uh, habit of doing that is starting to come to light in, in this online situation that we're in. So Yeah. And I mean, the kids, they are incredibly tech savvy. You know, you give them some <laughs> type of social media app and they've got it figured out in four minutes flat. But correct, you know, they still need to be taught how to use it. There is still a learning curve. You're still going to have to take the two weeks to say, this is the button you push. This is where you go because they're not excited to post their dance on TikTok as much as, you know, finding this <laughs> folder on Google Classroom. Like it's just, right. it's different, um, but yeah. they'll get it. And once they get it, they have it. So, you know, it's not, well, we're just going to dabble in this app or this program for a little bit, and then we're not going to come back to it again. It's just going to be for this one project. If it's consistent and you come back to it over and over again, it's totally fine. But you can't assume that they are going to just know how to use it because 
they don't have a computer chip in their brain as much as we sometimes think that they do, they do need to be programmed. We'll just stick with that theme. Right. <laughs> yep. And I want to circle back because I think you originally asked me um, what I did to prepare for this. I think that I one of my friends from high school teaches online. And so I will say I had multiple conversations with her over the summer, just picking her brain about different things about how she does it and what are the benefits of that or this or, you know, the different way that because she works for a company that does online instruction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are pieces that I have to do that she doesn't have to do. Uh, but just trying to figure out, which is how I came to the idea of the individual Zoom sessions, because that was one of the things. She's like, I only teach one kid at a time. Right. Oh, okay. So we, you know, then that was a, a little bit of a conversation. And I had already been earlier in the spring talking to my principal about wanting to flip my classroom. Our kids just don't do homework. Right. And, um, and some of it is they just really don't have the support at home to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about differently, how then do I leverage the time in the classroom for the things that I think are really important, but they don't have the support at home to do, but you can't just not do any of the instruction as well. Right. Like it's not a, you can't give one thing up to gain something else. And so I, um, so I'd already been talking to my administration about flipping my classroom, super supportive of that. And so when it looked like this is what we were going to do, it was like even more reason to figure out that flipped approach because then I know that even when the kids, even if we do a hybrid model, when the kids are online, they're doing the, like they're getting the instruction videos. And then when we're together, I get to, you know, do the clarification and we get to do the small group work and we get to do, you know, the collaborative kinds of things that sometimes stuff. I think, well, and I think they're the things that often get, um, when kids don't get it like you think they do, they're the things that get set by the wayside and yet mm -hmm. they're the most powerful learning pieces for the kids. Right. So, um, and then that's when I came across your uh, flipped classroom and the student-centered classroom and, and all of those pieces. And, um, you know, I think the big thing for me was that walking through that, um, I don't even know what to call it, program, professional course, development, I, yeah. you know, PD course. Yeah. Um, so walking through that, just, I don't know that a lot of it for me was new learning, but it definitely reaffirmed what I've believed for a long time as an educator. And that was just in, in all of this, it was just re really comforting to, to be like, okay, yep, I really do understand how to reach kids. I really do understand my craft. And all of these things that I've been thinking for a long time, I, it really is the direction that I should go. And I finally feel like I'm in a building that 100% embraces that idea. Love it. Um, and that I think that's the piece that kind of like pushed me over the edge of, yes, I'm going to go for this. And um, so we do have two foundational units that we're doing right now that all the kids are doing. Um, and I've kind of set up some things that I haven't always done in my classroom, but I think online, they really have to be, the kids are, they have to meet a certain minimum um, percentage on each of the assignments before they can access the assessment and then they have to score a certain percentage on the assessment before they can move on to the next unit all of that in an effort to keep you know prevent them from failing later on I want to set them up for success sure and what's kind of dangling out there for them 
is, is the idea that I created 12 choice units for my students uh-huh. and that they then get to choose six of them to complete over the course of the rest of the year. Oh, that's awesome. And so as I've talked with kids about it, they're starting to get a little more excited about that. And today I talked with several kids about more specifics, like what are those units? And so essentially they get to read and write about the six topics that interest them. That's awesome. So I'm excited. I'm actually, I got to work with my history teacher and we've worked at least three of the units. So one for each quarter is collaborative and the project that they complete, they would get credit in both English and social studies. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm just, the more, and like today, as I was sharing with kids, it was like the kids, I watched their eyes get bigger. And as they're getting excited, it's like, I'm getting excited. I'm excited about, you know, how this is going to look. And I don't have all of the details figured out yet, but, um, you know, like one of the units is around suspense. And so the kids get to read suspense stories and they get to study how an author crafts and, and uses different techniques to create suspense in a text and in a movie. And then the end project is they either get to create their own suspense narr- uh, story or they can do a suspense film, like a short film. Right. And so, you know, I mean, so for my kids that like kind of the horror and that kind of stuff, that might be something that they choose. Right. And, um, so anyway, I'm just those are the pieces that I think for me feel like I can manage this online, that I have some ideas that I would still be doing this if we were in the classroom, but what I feel like it's done for me is made the online piece feel manageable. Yes. That it's like, yep, I already had a vision that I was going to be videotaping my lessons because my kids were going to be watching those at home. So that was an okay thing. And even though right now the collaborative pieces look a little different, I think we are going to do some of those via Zoom once we get to the choice unit. So Mm -hmm. I'll shift away from the individual Zoom sessions in the same way I'm doing them now and shift to those collaborative opportunities for kids. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's such a a fantastic plan. I mean, I I hear like my thoughts coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Like it's just... (laughs) I'm so excited because that's like, you got it. You, you get it, you're implementing it and you realize that some things might work, some things you need to tweak, some things you're still figuring out and that's okay. You know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You might get a call tonight that says like, well, you know, we got to go back in or we're going to be out for the whole year. You know, you, we just don't know right now. So having that flexibility and having a plan and getting your kids excited through the internet, looking at them, it's just, you can't ask for much more than that. So if you had to give a teacher who's really trying to figure it all out and manage it and piece it together right now, a piece of advice, what would it be? Four words. Okay grace because you know what you're not going to get it right every time right you're not going to get it right the kids aren't going to get it right and the best thing you can do is give yourself and them grace when a mistake happens flexibility because it's never going to look the same from day to day and you have to be able to um, be flexible with those changes it will cause a lot less stress for you perseverance 
because this is going to be hard. There's just no way around it. Yep. This is going to be hard, but we have to stick with it. And when we stick with it, our kids will stick with it yes. because they will see that. And number four, choice. Because if they have choice, they're going to be with you. Yep. Just like you want choice as a teacher, the kids want choice as a student. And again, as the teacher, you are 100% dictating what their choices are. So you are still making sure they're doing <laughs> what they need to be doing, but they think that they have all these options and, you know, they'll gravitate towards what they like and which will make them more engaged. And it's just, it's a snowball. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Jen, for reaching out and for putting the PD together and just reaffirming everything that I've believed for a long time, but giving me the... I don't know, maybe the springboard to jump in and say, okay, yep, I'm just going to go for it. Oh, that so. makes my heart so happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I put so much of my own thoughts and time and I just want yeah. to get it out to as many teachers as I can. And just hearing you say like, it, it worked for me. That just makes me so happy. Well, on that note, are you guys like going on a little trip? Like I didn't even ask. That's very Well, weird. it's hunting season. Okay. And our youngest daughter is a senior getting to do online. Okay. And so we feel like perhaps we need to do some things that we wouldn't normally do. So since we can teach remotely, we're headed to the other side of the state to hunt. That's awesome. I mean, we, <laughs> I, I said to my husband, so my, the district that we live in might be going all back to school which I'm, right now they're on a hybrid and they're only in two days a week and, and we're comfortable with that. But now I'm like, eh, ooh, ooh, I don't know. I how. know. It's so hard to know. Right. So I'm like, well, I work from home and my husband works from home unless he's traveling. But right now traveling has been obviously non-existent. So I'm like, what if we just like rent a motorhome? And we like pull the kids to go virtual and we can like park places and work and then just like go, like just go and find things. Like when would we have the opportunity to do that again? So good for you guys for actually doing it because we're a lot of talk. <laughs> well, we've, we have both because we did online in the spring, like they shut schools down the middle of March mm -hmm. and we never went back. Right. And um, at that time we weren't even at first, we weren't even allowed in the building, so we did all of it at home. Mm -hmm. And this fall, they're actually letting teachers in the building, and they actually are allowing our school-age kids to come in with us. So that has been a big benefit. That's because helpful. We've, we've said, nope, we're not doing it at home. We're doing it at school. And we leave school. We're leaving school at school so that we can be home. But we also feel like she's missing out on a lot of those senior year kinds of things. And so yeah. we just decided, nope, this is going to be one of those things that we can do. And, and I say, go for it. Don't just talk about it, Jen, go for it. I and know we're just suggestions about where you should go. Email me. No, seriously. The year we moved, we moved from one side of the state to the other. We spent 33 days on the road in a motor home touring the United States. It was the coolest thing we've ever done. And both of my girls would tell you that. That's awesome. So we, my, my husband's whole family races boats, which is like random, but um, it's all over the country. So we do have the opportunity to drive to wherever there happens to be a race site. Um, so we certainly have that, but yeah, I mean, and then the other part of me, cause we've been like backhandedly having this conversation <laughs> with each other, like, Oh, we should just like go, but you know, we're doing like trying to pay off the debt 
and trying yep. to like do all the responsible adult things. But I'm like, when are we going to have an opportunity like this? And, you know, it's just that mm -hmm. internal, like the devil's on this side, like just do it. And the angel's like, no, you have a plan. You're trying to do the things. Yep. You know? <laughs> It is hard, and I will say that was a piece that you don't drive by a gas station in a motorhome. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, well aware of that. <laughs> if there's anything that I can help you with, like if you, uh, you know, need an idea or anything, feel free to reach out. Thanks for being flexible with us. No, that's the that. name of the game in 2020. Just yeah, be it's flexible. one of those four words, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, and enjoy your time. Yep. Take care. Bye.